Oh, here we go. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, my friends. We meet again. And under similar circumstances as we did the previous week, welcome to the Winston Reaction Podcast. I am Trey Rowland. <laughs> Kevin Little is here. Florida State 6-0, and bowl eligible. Just absolutely mollywopped the crap out of a pretty decent Syracuse team. It was interesting, Kev. We didn't really kind of know Syracuse as they are wont to do. Feasted on their out-of-conference competition. Put up a spirited effort against Clemson, got slapped around by UNC. So what team were we going to play? I feel like we were all pretty confident that their defense might give Florida State some fits. And the offense, it it had some pieces, particularly a piece in a running quarterback named Garrett Schrader, which <laughs> Florida State is giving us a little bit of indigestion defending those. Not today. The bald man from Massachusetts <laughs> asserted himself. Adam Fuller, yeah. holy hell, brother. What a great called game that he had. Keon Coleman wore a Peter Warwick shirt in pregame warmups. And dude, it didn't have to squint that hard. He kind of looked like a 247 all-purpose yards, nine catches, 140 yards, a, a touchdown, a, a, a freaking Barnum and Bailey circus catch one-handed with <laughs> arm wide open. Fantastic over the middle. That one's going to be replayed for a while. 58-yard touchdown. Uh, 107 punt return yards, including an absolutely sparkling 72-yarder. Defensive line asserted themselves. The defensive backs were sticky all day. Josh Farmer, man, whew, what a great force fumble he had. Florida State cruises 41-3. to Now, I think there are some things that we can talk about, which it, it, it's such an interesting thing. And I want you to talk about it from the frame of somebody who studied Syracuse on film and thought that this game could give FSU a little bit of trouble with some of the stuff that they did. But you win by 41-3, to you easily cover, you had the backups in the game, you had Dino Babers in surrender mode from pretty early, dude. He's yeah. playing for the rest. He, he, you got them thinking of playing for the rest of their season early. That's the type of challenge that you pose to teams. Um, but, but there's still some stuff to clean up for Florida State, which is so weird when you smack around a conference, a, a conference foe by 38 points. Still stuff to clean up. So what did you think of the overall performance? I'm very, very pleased with it. Yeah, I, so for reference, <clears throat> I kind of want to put in like where this Syracuse was, this team was before this game started. So F+, plus, which is an accumulation, a combination of SP+, plus and FEI+, plus, I just go to it because it's got the best website, to be honest with you, has Syracuse as the 41th first bet, 41st best. I like 41th. I like that. I like 41th. it that much better, yeah. Um, with the 46th best offense and the 43rd best defense. So they saw them as a well-rounded team for kind of a reference on either side of them. You have South Carolina, UCF kind of teams. So that's that's the caliber of team you were thinking you were facing. I think that they've had a few injuries um, going into this game. But to be honest with you, 
they just kind of weren't there. Um, that was that was probably one of the first times I've seen an, an ACC opponent come in just ready to fold. And I think that's I think that's telling for me that this that other teams aren't necessarily looking at this FSU squad as a top five team that is a potential upset alert. I think Syracuse came in knowing they were knowing they were outmatched, really didn't put up much of a fight. Um I I liked FSU's game plan going into it defensively. Um, I think, you know, you're going to see people talk about Adam Fuller, Adam Fuller. And I, I think he deserves all the love. Uh, you held him three points. And I think that's pretty indicative of how, how dominant you were. Um, FSU, you saw them roll a safety into the box a lot, uh, played a lot more man free than you, than you typically see out of them. Um, that stat hasn't been updated in, in my metrics, but uh, I've got on the year they play, uh, about twenty six percent of their snaps at uncover one, um, almost That's no cover. That's going up. That's yeah, going up I, after I, this game. It, Kevin, they kind of played. They played Syracuse, like how Syracuse's defense plays people from a coverage standpoint. I thought it was very interesting, and there was no separation whatsoever for their wide receivers. Garrett Schrader never got on track, never really busted any big runs on you. The only guy who looked and the running back is extremely talented. But even then, when he beat when he beat you, it was very situationally, and it didn't really happen the way that I expected. We, we thought that Syracuse might try to target the perimeter on some of those like screen passes yeah. and things like that, and I think they tried, but it just it never it never really got off the ground, man. Negatives, blitzing, tight coverage, like we wanted since the second half of the Clemson game. The DBs look great. The DBs look great. The linebackers having Tatum Bethune back. And I thought the defensive line as an entire unit, they played very complimentary to each other. And they had a great, they had a great day, particularly the interior. We wanted to see that. We've seen some inconsistency out of that, like the interior of the Syracuse offensive line, particularly that left guard spot. And Farmer and Fisk and all those other guys really asserted themselves. It was good to see. Yeah, I, I think that they kind of have have transitioned from the beginning of the season feeling like the defensive line was the best position group and we're going to let them win the ball game mm-hmm. for us to saying, you know, we have green and we have Cyprus. Uh, so Khalil Young here kind of nails it. We have green and we have Cyprus. We can leave them on an island. And that's when they've, in my opinion, played their best defense. And um, I, you al- allow people like, um, you allow your safeties to come into the box, be more aggressive. You simplify the game for them. Because uh, you do do have question marks at the safety position. You have question marks whether those are guys that can consistently um, make the right read in coverage. And you kind of simplify things for them. You put them in the box. You take away the run game. And you you force teams to beat uh, Cypress and Green on the outside. And Syracuse definitely didn't. Safeties are tightening up, too. I thought Shaheen Brown was flying to the ball a lot faster. I thought Akeem Dent was yep. there as well. There wasn't as much. You saw the first, like, the first, like, four or five games. The safeties were an active target for the offensive coordinator, the opposing team, trying to make them get in the run fits, get them involved and be the primary tackler on the play. And they were not taking advantage of today. The entire unit is improving. And we talk about identity a lot on offense because I feel like it's more it's more apparent to see, right? But man, that defense is really starting to shape its identity. And it's like you said too, they're it's not just let defensive line wreak havoc, which they can situationally. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a very coordinated effort, man. The 
what the front is doing works with what the backers are doing is working with what the DBs are doing and hats off. Like we said to Adam Fuller deserves all the credit, all the defensive coaching staff does on the day. Um, Pat Sertan, man, looks like a totally different DB unit. I th- they yeah. look good. They look good. There was no separation. Every catch that Syracuse made was contested. Um, schematically from the defense before we kind of, I feel like there's more discussion on the offense. Yeah, we, we can. <laughs> I, I feel like there is, but I don't want to, I don't want to skip past what they did, dude. There were literally only two drives of consequence the yeah. entire game, the entire game. What do you think they can do defensively that is going to carry forward for them for the next half of the season? Well, I think what you're really seeing is them learning from that second half of Clemson. I think you saw a lot more just press tight coverage, trying to make these quarterbacks uncomfortable. Um, I think you saw a lot more, you know, like I said earlier, a lot of middle field close things where, where safeties were rolling into the box later. You're seeing a lot more pressures. I, I think they've kind of, they're, they're finding their identity. They're finding where they want to go from here. And, and we said it a couple of games ago, if you can play like the second half of Clemson for the rest of the game at rest of the year, or you're going to have a freaking pretty freaking good defense. And I think that's what they've learned from and what, where they're kind of finding themselves because, you know, sometimes when you're in the off season, when you're in spring football and you're seeing, Hey, does this work? Does this work? Well, maybe not going cover one against Keon Coleman in practice isn't going to look very good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you get to a real game, real situation where you're not going against Jordan Travis and Keon Coleman, you know, that that defensive philosophy kind of starts to make more sense. And yeah, you just you didn't see Garrett Schrader was never comfortable in the pocket. They did a good job of closing the closing down the pocket, not le- letting him escape. And really what what impressed me more than anything was that Syracuse Against UNC, Syracuse had game ending game or drive ending penalties, drive ending fumbles, driving interceptions. Oh, they played clean, dude. It was a pretty clean game. And hats off, hats off to the officiating crew. I think they let them go for the most yeah. part, which is fine. You just keep the keep the imbeciles out of it, man. I'm fine. Put the flags in the pocket unless it's totally egregious. But I, I, the Syracuse played pretty clean. They just got absolutely smoked, <laughs> rolled up, and smoked. I completely agree. It was just a a series of Florida State getting, you know, seven yards per play versus Syracuse getting four yards per play spread out over the course of 60. Over and over and over and over again. And the thing that the, about Florida State's defense that always irked me, it wasn't so much not being able to defend running quarterbacks or the third and long conversions or things like that. That annoyed me. What really would always just make this little vein guy right here just kind of like throb and like pulse and have a stroke it's how comfortable it seemed like every single quarterback always had their best game against Florida state. And they were always comfortable in the pocket. It has not looked that way at all. And of course you can say last week, Kyron drones, not a great thrower of the football. We've seen Garrett Schrader. He's a productive quarterback. His numbers yeah. today, nine of 21 for 99 yards. Okay. How did he beat you on the ground? Seven carries negative 10 yards. Yeah. With a long of seven. They have like two or three explosive plays that are kind of, you know, changing their yards per play metric, but they just were not an effective team offensively. Today. No, they and, and the yards that they had, mostly garbage, mostly like nine yards on third and 11, stuff like that, just inconsequential yards on a defensive win for Florida State. So hats off. 
you came in with a game plan, you executed it, and you had Dino Babers like, you had Dino Babers like playing for a bowl game halfway through the third quarter, dude. Yeah. What a called the game, I guess, and maybe we're so, we're so, we're almost too into it to see the type of challenge that Florida State actually like poses for other teams because we're so, we're so focused on the margins and how they can prove and how they can get to this other level. Well, the level that they were at today had Dino Babers thinking, hey, I got to play for a bowl game and keep my guys healthy. I'm going to pull Garrett Schrader in the, in, in the fourth. I'm going to go for field goals instead of touchdowns. I'm going to punt the ball away. Just very, yeah. I don't I mean, want to gotta... say cowardly, but it was like, <laughs> dude, if, if, if I was, if the score was like that and Mike Norvell coached the game the same way Dino Babers did, I would have an issue with it. Yeah, it's hard because I don't know if there's a tougher stretch in the country than playing Clemson, than playing on the road at UNC, playing fair, on the road fair. at FSU, back to back to back. But yeah, um, yeah, Syracuse Syracuse is a solid team when they're healthy. I don't think FSU got all of Syracuse, but I think I think they showed that they're a really good football team. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, you're gonna. We've been watching all of these metrics and stuff just railing florida state and saying like you know sp plus has them as like a 12th best team in the country and you're like well i don't know if i believe that and it's games like this that kind of accumulate as you play these um teams that that kind of have injury issues where you know you separate the wheat from the chaff i agree and it's a lot of that preseason noise starts to get filtered out in a performance like this beating a conference though foe by 38 basically you you beat the spread by almost double. I think it was like minus 19, minus 19 and a half. Extremely impressive. Let's get to the offense. If you look at the numbers, pretty productive. Pretty productive day from the offense. Jordan Travis, 23 of 37. A lot of drops. A lot of drops from the backfield that affected those numbers for 284. One touchdown through the air. The aforementioned one to Keon Coleman. Two on the ground, which was nice to see. Um, the rushing attack, I know it's not going to feel like that, from watching the game, 34 carries for 191 yards, 5.6 a carry. Toa Feely was your leading rusher, seven rushes for 93 yards, including that yard, uh, the 50, the 50 yarder. Had a touchdown. Trey Benson, 14 for 74, 5.3 per carry. He only had a long of 19. So kind of coming back to earth from that Virginia Tech performance. But that is what we expected, given that Syracuse has a very competent defense, a good coordinator, and they're pretty stout against the run. Through the air, like we said, 140 for Keon. Jaheim Bell had 87. We thought it'd be a big game for him. Hakeem Williams, brother. <laughs> touchdown. Making a Rodemaker's throwing stats look really good this year. Man, <laughs> that kid's got some wheels. If I was yeah. a freshman wide receiver, I'd probably I'd probably pay attention to being that offense for playmakers, but that's just me. So overall productive. They did what they needed to do. But I let's talk about so that's the good. That's the good. They scored points. They popped explosives, and they they did what they needed to do. I would say the the bad to maybe the confusing is Florida State has been so productive this year in both the red zone, yes. fourth down, short yardage situations. It's it was a stark contrast from what they were last year. They were not at all this game, Josh. Whether they were they got their way to the red zone of their own accord or through a turnover like the one that Josh Farmer and Jared Verse created. Um, they were not effective at all, and the play calling seemed to be interesting to me. Now, this was more a first-half issue. Second half, you really just kind of 
kind of just he kind of just finished the job there. But what did you make of it, Kev? What did you think of the game plan? Was it an execution issue? There were a lot of drops. Anything that kind of stood out to you as maybe the coaches didn't have their best game? Um, I, th- I think that's hard. I think we'll have to dive into the film review later this sure. week to kind of figure that out. But to me, in those first few drives, so you, you go down, score a touchdown off an acrobatic catch by Keon Coleman, and then I'm, I'm sitting there watching, right? Florida State, consistently, the, the first 10 or so plays, the scripted plays look really good. They, they have right. good drives. Then they have a tendency to stall out, right? Uh, you saw mm-hmm. that a little bit today. Um, and... I do think a lot of it comes down to, to me, what I was seeing was that on these third and fours, you need to be able to convert them, right? You need to be able to get those, move the ball down the field, third and five. Jordan Travis was was very slow to come off his reads. So when you're reading a defense, when you're going back to throw the football, you typically read deep to short, right? You're going to mm-hmm. go you know, deep ball to intermediate ball to short ball. And the better quarterbacks tend to be able to move through that progression faster, right? So deep's not open. Intermediate, is he going to be open? No. You know, get down to the down to the check down. Um, and you don't want to go there, there too fast, right? You want to give the intermediate guy a chance. Oftentimes these are 10, 15-yard routes cutting across the middle of the field. Right. I felt like Jordan Travis was very slow getting to that third read, getting to that crosser going across the middle. So you... In that last drive before the half, he hit Destin Hill a couple of times in a row on a little underneath crosser, right? That's going to be the third read most likely on whatever play it was. It was probably some kind of drive concept. Right. And he hit it a couple of times. You know, they got five yards, 10 yards on that drive. Then JT got sacked. Earlier in the half, they weren't hitting those plays. There was a third and five, third and six where there was that. Destin Hill came open underneath Syracuse was playing like a, sh- a heavy shell coverage where they were playing really far back. You need to be able to hit that and allow your athlete to get five or six yards in space. He didn't hit that. He took, he kind of ran around, took a sack. You saw a, a different drive in the first half. There was an underneath arrow um, underneath angle route to, to Trey Benson. He didn't look at it. Instead he held the ball, tried to run around and, and, and either got a sack or got a couple yards kind of scrambling. Right. And so you're sitting there and you're like, you need Jordan Travis to be able to hit those routes consistently, get to that third read, know when it's time to move the sticks. Um, I I have no problems with the shot plays he threw, but it's when the shot plays aren't open, you need, you need to know when to take those easy plays. So in the first half, I, th- I thought that they stalled a few times because of that. Um, in the second half, they kind of, figured it out a little bit. They're a little bit more consistent. Um, more tempo, better running of the ball. The, the, right. the times when they stalled out, that was more of like an execution thing, right? Like the the one that sticks out to me is Trey Benson on that third and long, man. Like he did progress and he did go to his check down. Yep, and he, he learned. Just, he definitely did. So there was progression throughout the game. And I thought that there was progression throughout the game, not even from the players. But listen, dude, coaches are people too. Sometimes – sometimes they have an off game. They're allowed, they're allowed to improve at halftime along with the players. And I thought Mike learned dude, specifically that first, I think it was the first touchdown drive, maybe second drive of the half. Mm. Um, Cause Florida state did not score the first drive coming out of halftime, which was weird. Yeah. I, I always expect, I always expect, <laughs> I always had the seven on, but um, ran the ball, dude. Great play to Jaheim bell. 
got open, was kind of having an on and off kind of performance before that, but that was nice. Had a big explosive play and then just Trey Benson, Trey Benson, Trey Benson. And then he pulled it at the very end for the touchdown in the red zone. I was like, that's how you draw it up. The tempo that, and that's what we thought they might do against a defense in Syracuse that is competent, that is pretty good. That yeah, doesn't have good the, that doesn't have the depth of a Florida state that could kind of maybe lean on them. And that was a very, that was a very encouraging thing to see from the execution, from the play calling, and for, I think, the offensive line, who they held up good in pass, for, for a team that blitzed a lot and we thought we were going to come through the interior, a lot of pressures coming in from different angles with that Rocky Long 3-3-5. I thought they held up pretty well in pass pro, minus, I mean, minus the one where Scott gets off his guy a little bit early and Jordan gets crushed. He came back, looked good. Um, I thought they asserted themselves a little bit more in the running game, particularly in the second half, which was nice to see. I mean, I think the one that are, that's maybe going to irk people the most, it's always the wildcat call, right? What, 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 what did you make of that? Did you thought we, we might've got a little cute in the first half? I mean, it, it's hard to say, and I, I don't really want to get any like in stone declarations until we look at the film, but just sitting in the stadium, Kev, where you were in those really good seats, did it, did it strike you as Jesus, man, what are we doing? Yeah, I think, uh, so it's one of those things where on paper, it doesn't sound like as bad of a idea as it looks on the field. Um, especially when it's fourth and one and you know, a tush push can get it. Mm -hmm. It did feel a little bit like we have this fourth down play, this little package that we want to build off of. And, kind of established to build on the rest of the season. You were expecting it to be anywhere from like a fourth of one to fourth and three. We're going to run this play. Mm -hmm. And they had it, they had it dialed it and it was like, we've got this, we've got this one. So we're going to use it, right? Right. We're going to use it. We're going to build off of it. There's going to be a time where we do a read option to DJ Lundy or something. Sure. Like, right. Like that. this is something that we can kind of build off of develop, put on tape. So people have to worry about it. Um, and it didn't work out for you. I think you were thinking that, you know, I mean, how how many off how many inside zones did you not get a yard on in the game? You were thinking that, and those were all from shotgun, you know, like yeah. So I, I get the complaint. I I, I agree with you. Uh, I think that if they're playing a game against Georgia and you're in the first quarter and it's fourth and one, I don't think we're doing that. They're doing a tush push, you know, like they're they're going to get the first down. Uh, I think it was a situational thing. That doesn't make it like fun to watch or okay when they don't get it. Um, but I, I think that is the reasoning behind why they, why, why they did something like that. Um, yeah. What, whether or not you agree with it is, is, is a different question. Um, and Jaheim Bell's a good runner, but, and he really was, I mean, he played running back for South Carolina yeah, last year, but however, where does he rank on the hierarchy of runners on this Florida state team? Yeah. And not the top five, you know, and as much as you want to criticize the play call, there's also a question of execution they got smoked up front on that one you should be able to block syracuse for a yard you know like no matter who it is but you know that's that's a different question you would have got it with the tush push and they should have done a tush push they should have got it i think they were you know i think it's one of those things where if you're in a game where where you know you have a little bit of freedom you can kind of try to try to do do some fun things with it in the same way that florida state fans have kind of needed to wash the taste of the second half of the LSU game out of their mouth as far as like expectations go. Like, cause that team looked, that team looked biblical based on who we thought LSU was from a defensive standpoint. Now we kind of know more about who they are. Yeah. 
Florida State fans are eventually going to have to wash the taste of that BC game out of their mouth. Now they, we gave up. It was seventeen to three. Should have been thirty-one to three at half, right? And that's what mm-hmm. you want to do against not teams that are not as good as you. But I don't think we always seem to go so quickly to the impending doom. Like, oh, here we go again, because we think that it is all going to falter at some point. Now, caveat against like teams like Miami and Florida. You get the ball given to you inside the five. You got to punch it in. You got to get points. That's fine. Yeah. But I, I did the the reaction sometimes is so vitriolic <laughs> to where you got to just guys. There's another half of the game now. If they don't capitalize on it, you damn well sure that Kevin Adam and especially the bald guy when he's on are going to point it out and analyze it to death. But it, it's a 41 point performance, and Kevin and I were talking about it off air. Rarely does a 41 perform point performance in college football involve scoring 41 in a row and then putting in and then putting in your subs for two and a half quarters, right? There's ebbs and flows. And is what the team doing on offense efficient, explosive enough and repeatable enough to do that over the course of four quarters. And it has been for six games. It can still improve. I'm with you. And I, I think it's probably something that Mike and those guys are going to talk about anything. How, how do you feel about this offense in general, Kevin, Kind of how we were we were feeling a little bit like around that that time of Clemson, there was a little bit of trepidation for what they can do and what they can't do. How are you feeling on it overall, being a much more um, learned observer than I? Um, so I, I think the offense has learned. I think there was a little bit more diversity in the passing game um, today. That was encouraging. I think that. Uh, they're finding what they do best in the run game. You saw a lot more inside zone, especially after like hurry up situations, right? You get a first town lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think if I had the numbers in front of me um, for this game, you would see a, a decline in the amount of counter we're running on a weekly basis. I think they're kind of learning that that's not necessarily the best play for this team. And then they, they have been zone blocking a lot better than, than, uh, gap blocking, in my opinion. Um, so I, I think they're finding themselves a little bit. I think there's still a little work to be done when it comes to the passing game, when it comes to learning when to check down, when to when to push the ball downfield. But I, I think Jordan Travis, uh, I think that they in general have learned from it. Um, I mean, this is a top 45 defense that really hasn't had that many injuries going into this game. Um, their no, offense was decimated, yeah. but their defense was pretty healthy. Um, so this, this is a decent squad. I think, I think that, you know, there are, I think there are a few drops in the first and like the second and third quarters that really kind of changed what you're looking at. If Trey Benson catches that angle route going forward, we're probably talking about him getting in, you know, if Trey Benson catches the other touchdown on the second, on the second down play from inside the five, if Kyle Morlock catches the third down. Like right. there, there's there's some execution stuff too here. That so, I'm with you. Uh, Adam AB wanted to check in. Says he does not agree with me on the on the tush push. Uh, they need to spread the numbers out of the box and run at that light box. Fantastic. Get on here and say it. You don't got to type <laughs> it in. It looks like you got a little bit of free time on your hands, big man. No, I mean no, I. Agree. I'm joking. He's got two kids by himself. I'm joking, Adam. Jesus Christ. I'm joking. I, 
that is that is true. That is something that we saw. We did not see this game, and I don't know, Adam, if you if you're watching, elaborate in the comments, or maybe Kev, you know. We saw a lot more of attached tight end for this game, not as much of the kind of four wide spread, even with the tight end as we did against Virginia Tech. They got they got 190 whatever yards rushing on the ground. A lot of it it looked a lot tougher than it did against Virginia Tech. They're playing a better defense. Did that surprise you, or is that kind of attached tight end that we saw more this game a function of the three three five? Um, yeah, I they're probably playing some games with that front. I, I think there's some part of that, and um, I I think that also might be just m- more of an outside zone heavy offense is going to be one that's more likely to put that tight end on the line of scrimmage. You know, it's easier for them to kind of get out, get those angles on on the overhangs. Um. I agree that uh, AB was kind of in the texting us during the game that we've been saying it all year, right? This, uh-huh. this is not a team that's going to do heavy sets. Well, right. You don't have a lot of great blocking tight ends. Uh, Morlock's or o- biscuits. Okay. Morlock and bell have both kind of struggled in that area throughout the year. So this offense does do its best work when it's kind of spread out. I, I do think the, the attached tight end, we'll have to look at it. Might, might be a front adjustment. Um, but yeah, I this team is finding itself, but I think it's stubbornly kind of two steps forward, one step back of like Mike Norvell is someone, right? He he is someone who wants to run the football. Mm-hmm. He wants to establish. He that. likes the attached tight ends, right? It's we're trying, we're we're morphing into something, and Mike Norvell's offenses have always been very malleable. But we're morphing into something to where we're starting to get into the territory of the philosophical like undergirding of the entire offense is different than what Mike likes. Cause to me, I'm with everybody who says if it's fourth and one, if it's third and one run your best running play, run the one that's going to get you the most successful and has the least chance of having negative yardage. And for everybody else, maybe it is a quarterback sneak. They converted on a couple quarterback sneaks for Florida state. Your best running plays when you spread them out wide, and then get Trey Benson off tackle and have Jordan Travis as like a component of it. So to me, like if it's an obvious rushing down, run your best run and play, no matter what it looks like. Yeah, I I agree with you. I and I I don't I don't know if they're ever gonna like really lean into spreading out the defense and just like attacking the box. But you see more of it every week. I, I would be surprised if if you, if that number didn't kind of show up in in the stats but uh yeah they're getting better they're learning they're they are learning the offense is progressing slowly but it is metamorphosizing into something that's way like this was a much more efficient performance than the, the ones at the beginning of the year yeah and i mean honestly if it wasn't for that lack of a conversion when you get the ball on like the five yard line like I don't think we're talking about this about, about the much. offense being disappointing. Um, and that was just several execution things. And then a kind of questionable fourth down rollout play to Jordan's weak arm where I felt like he could have pressed the, the line of scrimmage for someone off. Uh, maybe there's a missed block in there or something. Um, mm-hmm. We'll look at but, it the film. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that drive was really where I think the disappointments kind of, reach their max and then the fourth down thing. Um, But outside of that, like, I don't know if I can say that I was disappointed with the play calling outside of those few situational things. And those are things that Florida state on the year 
outside of this very small sample size of one game has been very good at. So yep. um, this I'm hesitant to kind of roast Norvell over the, over the coals and think that this is some sort of symbol of, of doom to come because this is something that they've been pretty good at for the entirety of the year. Yeah. And it was an aberration, just like the Benson drops in the passing game. I've we've commented multiple times that I thought he's been much more involved with the passing game. I thought he's shown good hands. So it's an aberration. However, it's a data point. If it's something that continues to carry forward, I think we should show more concern. How's that? It was out of agree. How's the chat doing? Is the chat is the chat good the after chat. a thirty-eight point victory? Bowl eligible AB, six and zero. AB said that the attached tight end creates bubbles against three man fronts. So what a bubble is is it's essentially a gap in the offensive gap in the lines where there's not a defensive lineman that would kind of require a linebacker to fill. Right. So mm-hmm. across a five man front, you would have six gaps. Right. So an empty gap would be kind of a bubble. Um, so that it creates a bubble outside of that tackle, gives you good angles for blocking and all that stuff. Thank you, Adam. We miss you. Um, anything else to need to address? Like I said, complete dominating performance. Uh, with some stuff to clean up still. <laughs> Crazy yeah. team, man. Crazy team. Anything else that I think we need to address, Kev, or do we feel like we're good to go? Yeah, uh, second to talk about the backups. I think that uh, you saw well, one Hakeem get a long touchdown. Awesome, great for good, him. Good man, he looked good running down that field. Yeah, you could have put a number four in his jersey, and I don't know if I would have known. Um, and on that play, and uh, uh, you have um Hussey in there. Hussey was something is something to talk about. He's someone that they're obviously trying to get more involved in the game. He had some boneheaded mistakes early on. He um, actually kind of showed a lack of aggressiveness, I thought, in the first half that I think he's going to almost probably was an adjustment to being overly aggressive previously. Yeah, uh, a lot of space on that missed tackle on that conversion. I know what you're talking about. Against Syracuse, easily their most dangerous like offensive player, in my opinion, even including Garrett Schrader. So that's something I think he's going to clean up. Would have liked to see him go through him like we did at the end of last week, but different situation and a whole ton of space. And that's a kid athletically that they're putting the investment in. And when the time's right, it's going to pay off. Yeah. And um, I think, yeah, the, the backup defense looked good. The back of offensive line looked good. Tate Rodemaker obviously looked like a future Heisman contender. So, you know, didn't miss a pass, bro. <laughs> That's as good as it gets. hundred percent. Two for two. <laughs> two Can't for two beat with it. a touchdown. All him. All him, dude. Great ball placement. Uh, okay. We good to go. Kev, anything else? I feel like that's, Six and oh man, I, and outperformed all of our predictions. Yeah, I think I think I've got to give credit because I thought Syracuse would come in and be able to kind of be annoying, you know, be be there, be around. Um, I thought I, I still think Schrader's a pretty decent quarterback. Um, I don't think the offensive line was good. I think you were able to dominate them up front and not they weren't really able to get much going. And so I got to give my hats off. I, I, if you're not giving credit to Adam Fuller and this defensive staff, then I think you're a hypocrite. Um, special and, teams. Awesome special teams. Fitzsimmons. Oh, Cotton. Yeah. Ryan Jarrett, Fitzgerald. Fitzsimmons. Kid <laughs> is on it. He's on it this year. Coverage on the kickoffs were good. Great punt return stuff. Special teams was a weapon. Shout out to Tzatziki John. Good bounce back game after a, a after you kind of barfed on yourselves against VT. A lot of pressure, too, on the missed field goal. Great special teams performance. I'll, I'll give you a guess where Syracuse's average starting field position was. In this game, 
Yes. Their own 23. Their own 10. Holy moly! Oh, so, sir, yeah, the, the special teams made the defense look better. And honestly, I think part of, like, the offense stalling and <laughs> punting the ball within the 10 made the defense look a little bit better, too. So, Yeah, absolutely. Great performance from the Knolls. Kev, you got anything else Anything else left to say or no? No. They outsurpassed my expectations. Awesome job. Great, great game. Well, let me just leave everybody with one quote. I, I don't know who I don't know who did it. I don't know if it's like Sun Tzu or Confucius or something. I think they're pretty wise, profound words, and it's funny that it's going to pertain to today. But let me just let me just read here. I yelled back when I heard thunder, but I'm down to one last breath, and with it, let me say, let me say, hold me now. Six wins for the Knolls, and I'm thinking. Maybe six wins just ain't enough. I want you all to think about that today. And I also want you to know that we love you. Go to Knowles247.com. Knowles are 6-0, and we ain't done yet. Keep chopping.